0: Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message.
1: How many of you could use a little dose of some love today? Yeah, well, you know what? this community could use a good dose of love. And so that's why we're in this series. And I'm super excited that we're going to continue this series today. And one of the reasons that we wanted to take some time and unpack this over the next several weeks is because really culture has distorted this word so much that it's hard to really know what love is anymore. And so I found this little cartoon strip. It's called Love Is. You guys might have seen these, but uh, I just could really relate to this one. I don't know if you guys can read that, but love is taking your cold feet and and finding his warm legs. That's me. I tell you, like Tara has freaked me out by taking her cold feet and finding her cold feet on my legs. say that that's kind of a little risque. I I don't know. I just thought thought that was funny because I'm like, that's me and Tara. It's like a cartoon of us, all right? Um, And that's really what happens. But you may have all kinds of ideas in your mind about what love is, but the Bible is super descriptive of what real, genuine love looks like. And so we read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and, and just because... Some of you are new. We're going to review kind of what this description is. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Or if you have a smartphone, you could uh, pull up the Bible app. I love the uh, U version Bible app. It's a great resource for, um, you know, anybody that really wants to know more about the Bible. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is patient. Love is kind, is not jealous. Love does not brag, it's not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I'm going to pray, and and we are going to talk about this first description here in this amazing text that you've probably have heard before if you didn't come last week. You've probably heard this read at a wedding, perhaps. But let me pray this. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you are here with us and that, Lord, your Holy Spirit has anointed this place, God, so that you can speak right directly to our souls. We thank you in advance for how you're going to speak to us today. And we thank you, God, for the lives that are being changed, for the people that are being healed, God, for the families that are being restored through the work that you're doing here at Atmosphere Church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I just have to say that it kind of bums me out that we start out the gate with this love is patient because, man, this is a struggle for me. Any other patient strugglers in the house today? Uh, I, I mean, I've been following Jesus for many years, but I can get in my car on the 101 and feel like I'm barely saved. Does anybody relate to me? And it, this, is, this is a tough word, it, especially in our culture where we are being conditioned to having things so quick. You know, I, I kind of blame two sources. I, I, I blame traffic in Amazon for our lack of patience. <laughs> because, you know, most people I talk to have Amazon Prime, and uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, in two days or less... You can have your package. I ordered Amazon the other day, and it was delivered to my house two hours. Same day. I'm like, what is this? But it's bad because the moment now I have to wait a couple days, I'm like, what is the deal? This is not right. I mean, I still remember having to go look for something and get in my car and drive to five stores to try to find it. How many remember those days? And it's like, ah. Uh, and then you go to a store and they're like, we don't have it. We'll have to special order it for you. It'll be here in a couple of weeks. I remember working at a Christian bookstore when I was in college and we would tell people, hey, we'll order that book and it'll be in a couple of weeks. And people were like, okay, cool. And we'd call them up, hey, your book is here. Nowadays, people would be like, are you kidding me? I want that book now, man. But it reminds me of a story I heard about a man who was shopping at a grocery store and he observed a woman that had a three year old girl in her cart. And as they passed the cookie section, the little girl asked for cookies and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss. And the mother said quietly, Now, Ellen, we just have half of the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset, it won't be long. And he passed the mother again in the candy aisle. And, of course, the little girl began to shout for candy. When she was told she couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said in a soothing, gentle voice, There, there, Ellen, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. The man again happened to be behind the pair at the checkout, where the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum upon discovering there would be no gum purchased today. The mother patiently said, Ellen... We'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice little nap. The man followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. And he said, I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Ellen. The mother broke in. My little girl's name is Hannah. I'm Ellen. (laughs) He was impressed with her patience towards her little girl when she was just trying to encourage her own soul. But see, you might have ideas in your mind of what patience looks like. And we're going to jump into some more Greek today. But a lot of people think patience is like waiting on something. But patience, and I have a slide here, patience is not the act of waiting, but it's how you act while you're waiting. That's the patience part. It's not the act of waiting, it's how you act while you're waiting. Now, the word patience in, in the Greek language here in 1 Corinthians is this word called macrothumia. Macrothumia. And, and it's a compound of two other Greek terms, macro meaning long. You, you might have heard of that. Macro is long. But, but thumia is, is like an anger, it's a rage. And so what you have is this word that comes together, and your translation that you're reading from maybe this morning might even say long-suffering instead of the word patient. But the idea is that it takes you a long time to become angry. Now, I don't know how many of you feel like you were born with short fuses, but I certainly was. And I think... That some of that is genetic, I really do. I'm convinced of it, but I think most of it is learned behavior. It's environmental. It's it's how we watched our dad or mom, you know, react. It's, it's like the Christmas story where, you know, the little Ralphie, you know, hits the pan and the bolts go everywhere and he says, oh, fudge, but he didn't say fudge, you know, and it's like, where did he learn that? He learned that from dad. And so a lot of the, the short fuses that we have that we, we exhibit in, in our behavior is actually been learned behavior from the environments that we were raised in. And I've got to tell you that when I was being raised, I had a short fuse. I mean, there were a lot of holes in my wall, a lot of a lot of doors that were kicked in. Um, I, I grew up with five other brothers and sisters, and they know, or they knew, I should say, how to push my button. They would say something, and I didn't care if my brother was twice as big as me. He was my bigger brother. I would attack him. I would just go after him and then pay the consequences later with an atomic wedgie. But I didn't care at the moment because he said something to tick me off. One time, I literally pushed my sister through our front window of our house and broke the window out. I had a bad temper. I had a short fuse. And so when it comes to patience, you can imagine that, that there are sins that we so Uh, you know, so easily entangle us. Like, I am confessing before you guys that this is the one I probably struggle with the most, and ironically, it's the first one mentioned with this idea of love. In other words, if we are going to have the reputation that Jesus has called us to have to be these outrageous lovers like we talked about last week, like you talked about in your life groups this week, then it starts off by kind of reevaluating how long your fuse is. Now if we're honest with ourselves, some of us, our fuses are super, super small. And it just takes one little thing to set us off. We, we need to look at this because it's one thing for us to get into a position where we not only sabotage the love that we're supposed to be living out for people, but living with a short fuse can actually sabotage your life. One of the saddest stories I've ever heard came from when we first started in Vegas. There was a a news story that was front-page news, and it involved an incident that took place as a woman was driving on one of the residential streets in Vegas, and uh, she was doing something that the driver behind her uh, didn't want her to do, and, and the driver behind her started honking, and, and she didn't know what this guy was doing. So, so she pulls into this car wash that was right there just to kind of get away from this guy. Well, this guy proceeded to follow her, And so she got in line to get her car washed, not realizing that this guy was going to get out of his car, open her car door and proceed to cuss her out and just was so angry at her. And she being a woman and and just being fearful of this guy's intention. I mean, this guy opening her door, getting in her face, cussing at her, angry at her and so she's like beside herself. She gets her keys. She she leaves her car there, and she goes immediately and calls her husband. And her husband is a doctor in town. He's a chiropractor. And she's just in tears saying, this man, I don't know. I'm fearful of my life. He's he's yelling at me. And, and the guy just freaks out. The, the husband freaks out. He says, I'm on my way. Gets in his car, drives there. And, and there's some traffic right there. He actually jumped out of his car, left his car on the road, and runs up and meets his wife and says, where is this guy? And so she points him out, and he goes over to this guy, and this guy was about 20 years older than him. This guy was in his 60s. This, this uh, husband was in his 40s, and he confronts this guy in this car wash Says, this guy is waiting for his car to be done, and, and he immediately shoves this guy, like, how dare you talk to my wife like this? The guy falls back, hits his head on a propane tank, and dies. Now this guy who just was trying to come to the aid of his wife, who was very upset over a very toxic situation, is going to prison, lost his business, had all kinds of legal fees that he had to pay, because it's one thing to have a short fuse, it's another thing to come in contact with another person with a short fuse, and those two things combined together can make for a lot of trouble. So we need to talk about patience because there's a lot more at stake than just you loving people well. There's a lot more at stake that your life could actually be sabotaged in the process of you lacking patience. I, I wrote down a couple things. What-, what are some side effects of lacking patience? Number one is ruined relationships. How many of you have been guilty of speaking when you were angry over a family member, or maybe worse than that, these days texting somebody a really angry message, all caps, a lot of exclamation points on the end. How many have ever done that besides me? All right. So, so this, it's one thing to speak, it's another thing to type it, because then it's like, you remember when you did that? You know, it's like, yeah. But you can ruin relationships with one. Short fused moment in your life. I I have really been graced out in my experiences of having a short fuse with with family members and friends because, you know, I've been in, in this space as a follower of Jesus, that, that I, I can call myself out when I'm wrong really easily, and I can go back and apologize. And God has put some very gracious people in my life that have come back and said, you know what? We, we forgive you. We get it. We understand that. But, but not just ruining relationships. It, the other thing is, is health hazards. Health hazards. This is, this is real. That A lack of patience is actually messing with your body. That, that feeling that you feel where the blood is beginning to boil and your heart rate starts going up, you are actually building up all kinds of things inside of your arteries that are unhealthy for you. Uh, uh, stress like this causes weight gain, uh, high blood sugar, high blood pressure, and, and it has been guilty of hospitalizing all kinds of people, just lacking Patience. And, and here's the third one, and this is probably the most serious, and I, and I call it dashed dreams. Meaning that there are plans that you have, and more importantly, plans that God has, and that short fuse can actually sabotage those plans from taking place and becoming a reality for your life. In Numbers chapter 20, there is this crazy, bizarre event that takes place with the children of Israel, who Moses was leading at the time, and it says in Numbers chapter 20 that God specifically told Moses and Aaron, like, hey, I, I'm going to have you guys speak to the rock. And, and the people are needing water. They're complaining. And, and I mean, they are they were giving Moses and Aaron a hard time. They're just like, well, you guys just sent us out here to die. You know, they, they complained a lot. And Moses tolerated a lot. But he was like, you know, the, the old Popeye cartoon is like, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no mores." No more. And he just like, he, he hits the rock twice and he just has this moment of the short fuse. And, and if you kind of look at the character of Moses, there, there may be a pattern here where he had a struggle with patience. But, but as you look at this, this experience that he did in front of all these people, God said, hey, because you acted in this way in front of the children of Israel, in front of my people, the promised land that you were moving towards, you're never going to be able to enter. Like this is now sabotage you from crossing over into the promises that I've laid out for your life. And there are things that God wants to break forth in your life for your future, for your family, for your career, for your finances, and your short fuse, your lack of patience, could be the end of those dreams. It could be you staring at it from a distance, but never being able to enter into it. It's a possibility that this is why this is such a serious conversation to have, and I'm so glad this description of love starts off with this thing. Check out some of these Proverbs that we read about. This is This is something to get our arms around. You just can write these down. You can follow it on the screen. I know it's a little bit more difficult to see the screen today, but let me read to you these Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verse 29. It says, if you stay calm, you are wise, but if you have a hot temper, you only show how stupid you are. (laughs) That's a good news translation. I love that. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. That's good. Proverbs 16.32, patience is better than strength. Controlling your temper is better than capturing a city. Proverbs 19.11, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And here's the last one, Proverbs 29.11, stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. You could just tell from all of these different... And there's more than that, but I I just had to limit it to five because of our time. But the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, is full of of warnings of what happens to our life when we live with these short fuses. So I I titled this morning's talk, Taming Your Inner Hulk. (laughs) Because we all have one. And you guys know Hulk, the Marvel character... You know, Hulk smash, you know. And, and for some of us 80s kids, we remember the the original Bruce Banner, Lou Ferrigno, right? You know, just like, you won't like me when I'm angry. You know, that Hulk, that's what I'm talking about. That that inside of us, there is this war zone going on. And, and when we get annoyed, when, when we have things happen against our life that we're not necessarily wanting to happen, we can get into this place of frustration where we... Just blow up like a stick of dynamite with a short fuse. But here's the good news is I'm not here to give you the seven steps to taming your inner Hulk. I'm not here to give you the five steps to tame your inner Hulk. I'm not even here to give you three steps to tame your inner Hulk. It's one step. Here's your one step. Be filled with the Spirit of God. One step. One step. Super easy, saying you're oversimplifying this, Pastor. I know, but I'm telling you, it is true that the remedy, the antidote for your lack of patience is being filled with God, who is the definition of patience. And so if you want more patience, then it just makes sense that you get filled with the source of where our patience comes from say so, I I I don't know that patience comes from God it says here this is interesting it says if I can switch up my notes on you guys but it says that in Galatians chapter 5 it talks about the fruit of the spirit that means the byproduct or the side benefit of having God fill our lives that's the fruit it's the benefit it's It's the outcome. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God is, check out the first one. What is it? It's love. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is so good because a lot of us, when we're thinking to ourselves, Man, I I just, I'm just tired of not just failing at loving people the way Jesus has called me to love them and having a reputation of being this love bucket of heaven. I'm just tired of sabotaging my own life with this problem I have, with this lack of patience. And how do I know that it's a one step process? Because I look at this character named John in the Bible. And we mentioned this when we opened the series a couple of weeks ago. And this idea that John, who had a brother named James, and Jesus brands these two brothers the Sons of Thunder. Now, he wasn't giving them their wrestling name like their WWF, like the Sons of Thunder. Duh, duh, you know. But why did he name them that? Because these guys were just, they were roughnecks. They just were like, before you could even finish a sentence, they were, like, ready to fight somebody. Have you, have you ever met somebody like that? Just like, hey, dude, calm down, man. They just said hi. i want to fight him right now. So Jesus brands these brothers the sons of thunder. But fast forward, John and James have an encounter with Jesus. And they walk with Jesus, and they become disciples of Jesus. And they watch Jesus go to the cross. And they hang out with Jesus after Jesus resurrects from the dead. They go into the upper room after he ascends into heaven. And he says, my spirit is going to descend on you guys. And I'm going to be your helper. And in that moment, John and James are in the upper room. And they get filled with the spirit of God. And they completely change the trajectory of their lives. And John goes from being a son of thunder to being known as the apostle of love. What was the difference? It was an encounter with Jesus and being filled with the spirit of Jesus in his life. Let let me give you an example of how these guys kind of acted. So so you can maybe relate to this in Luke chapter 9. So Jesus has his disciples. And he says this. He says, when when the days were approaching for his ascension, and Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him, but they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. Little backstory there: the Samaritans had a problem with the Jews. So they weren't taking too kindly to Jesus saying, hey, we're just stopping through here on our way to these people that have a problem with your whole culture. So they're like, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. In verse 54, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. (laughs) These are the sons of thunder. But yet we read the gospel of John. We read the first, second, and third epistle of John. And there's a theme woven into all four of these books in our New Testaments. And the theme is love. So the transition from a son of thunder to the apostle of love had one common thread. And that was an encounter with Jesus and being filled with the Spirit of God. So let's go back to this idea uh, of patience. If it is being long in getting mad or angry, and by the way, it's not a sin to be angry. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us be angry and don't sin. So in some cases and in some situations, it's actually a godly thing to become angry. We see that manifested in Jesus's life. But there's a way to be angry and to be sinful, where you just kind of lose your cool and you lose it. I did a survey this weekend on Facebook, and I just asked people out of all the, I said it this way, of the quality traits listed in the fruit of the Spirit, where do you specifically hope to grow the most? Now, the number one answer that people chose was self-control. That was interesting to me. People hoped to grow the most with self-control. But the second, and it was a close second, was patience. And if you think about it, self-control and patience kind of go hand in hand, don't they? So as we're desiring God to change us and create in us a new man a new woman then we're kind of coming front and center going man there's a part of me that I just can't seem to get control over myself and I'm just kind of out of control and part of that is I just kind of lose my cool I blow up on people when I really shouldn't and this is what it left me thinking we need the spirit of God living in us to have patience moving through us what we need the Spirit of God living in us to have patience moving through us. And there's a scripture that Paul gives in Ephesians. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what I love about that, in the Greek language, that, that is a continually being filled up. That, that's not just a, hey, you, you raise your hand, you, you fill out the card, and you've got the Spirit of God in you. So you're good. You have all the patience you'll need. I'm like, that, that, that's not true because I know it's not true because I need more patience every day. And I've noticed something about my life, and maybe you haven't noticed this about you, but as I get filled up with God and I live in this world that is anti-God, I find that I feel like the Spirit of God is leaking out of me, that, that I have to get refilled. I have to be continually filled up The other day, my son got in his car, and he noticed that the tires had deflated where the warning lights came on, and so he was telling me, like, Dad, you know, the the tires are down, And, and I said, this is pretty common, because what happens is, as the Temperatures change as the pressure kind of changes in the seasons. A lot of times, your your tires will kind of start reflecting that with the pressure that's in the tires. And so, a lot of times, when the season changes, you got to go put a little bit more air in the tires, and then the warning will go away and your tires will be good. But I started thinking about that. You know what the warning light for us is when we start losing some air in our lives? It's our lack of patience. It's a warning light that you've been leaking. You've leaked out some air as you've been living life, as you go to work, as you drive on that one hundred and one during rush hour, as you deal with that coworker that's hard to work with or that boss that is difficult to work for. And as you're going through these spaces, you can find yourself leaking. So all of a sudden you start lacking patience and the The lack of patience is your warning light to say, you need more air. Or is that our conference this weekend? We had a good leadership conference. You know, another way of talking about the Holy Spirit is the oil. But we had this guy from Louisiana. He didn't say oil like we say in California. He said oil. We as people of God, we need some more oil in our lives In order for us to be at full capacity, not just to be more patient with our lives, but the patience in our lives is for a purpose. And that purpose is so that we can outrageously love broken and hurting people that desperately need to be in contact with the amazing, powerful, overwhelming love of God. And how are they gonna come into contact with that powerful, overwhelming love of God through us? Through our love. And the way we love well, the way we are patient, that means our fuses get much longer as we get aired up by the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God allows us to walk in the space of grace, Whereas before, we'd be like, no, I I got a short fuse. Because, see, something starts happening inside of us. As, As we start connecting with God, as he starts breathing into our soul, something changes, something shifts. And what happens is we begin becoming a lot more aware of how patient God has been with us. Aren't you so glad and grateful that God has been patient with you. And I've noticed something, that to the degree that I spend time with God, and I come into terms with how gracious he's been to me and how long-suffering he's been with me, that I begin giving away what I've been taking in. So, so if you're a person here this morning, and, and you're in a place where you're going, I... And really short-fused pastor, that I want to challenge you this morning. This is something that we all need to absorb. And you may be here today, and you may be thinking, I'm far from God. You know what? You're not that far, because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for you, so that his spirit, the same spirit that John, the son of thunder, received that became the apostle of love, the same spirit that did that for John is here to meet you. And, and you need to understand the importance of the disciplines that we practice here as a church. Like when we sing these songs, when we open our Bibles during the, the, the week and, and we're reading our daily devotions, why do we do all those disciplines so we can check the boxes and say, I'm a good Christian? No, because those are all sources of God breathing back into our lives, I tell you, I'm not proud of it, but five years ago I had a very defining moment in in my life, and I'm a pastor. I'm leading a church in Vegas, and we decided to get a puppy at Christmas time, and so we bring this puppy in, and we're taking care of the puppy, you know, and, and I know how to take care of animals, and and so we had this kennel and. We went to go get our Christmas tree. Some of you have heard this story before, but I tell my son, hey, put the puppy in the kennel in the garage so that you know we can go get this tree and come back and the, the puppy will be fine. So we go get our tree. We're singing Christmas songs. We have our little hot chocolates from Starbucks. I mean, it's a, it's a hallmark moment for the Cruz family. I mean, it's like... Then we get home, the Christmas tree's in the back of the truck, and getting ready to get it out. And the garage door opens, and the puppy is loose in the garage. Now, if you've ever owned a puppy before, you know that a puppy is like a toddler, that if you leave a puppy alone in any length of time, longer than a minute, a lot of damage can be done very quickly, And so I opened the garage and it is just a mess everywhere. And the dog ate something that didn't agree with it. So I'm gonna just leave that to your imagination of what we came into that garage with. But I sat there and I could feel the anger. And I was just like, just I didn't shut the door of the kennel. And I could feel it rising up. And all of the Hallmark imagery went out my head. and was replaced by this inferno. And I just, how could you do that? I don't even know what I said. But I remember looking over at my wife and her making those Wi-Fi's with me. She goes, come on, kids, we're going to take a little break and let dad have a moment and she left and here I was with this Christmas tree there an empty house with a messed up garage going how how did a moment go from just this amazing moment of love to this train wreck of a situation and it's all because a lack of patience And while they were driving around, I sat in worship. I just put some worship. God said, Jim, you are lacking my presence. And you're showing that you're deflated you got to sit with me. And that was a busy week for me. And I hadn't really sat with the Lord and just absorbed his presence and just sat at his feet. Because as much as God wants you to know about him, God wants you to know him. God wants you to have a relationship with him so he could be with you. And I was running around doing a lot of things for God, but I wasn't sitting at the feet and being with God. And I just sat there in my living room, the worship music started playing, and I just started getting the air back in my soul. I called Tara and said, Coast is clear, you can come home. (laughs) And she came home. I had a little family meeting, and I saw, and I said, You saw a side of me, I never want you guys to ever see again. That guy is dead. Every once in a while, he tries to resurrect. But I give you my word that this is a clarifying moment for me, that I know the antidote to more patience is more presence of God. So would you stay in with me? And maybe you have a short fuse this morning. I want, as we sing about this breakthrough, that some of you, I want you to experience a breakthrough for you, for your patience, for your love. Because this is where you're going to find it. You can go out there and you can chase down and you can Google how how many different ways you can be patient. But I'm telling you, the most effective way for you to be the patient man, the patient woman that you desire to be, and more importantly, God desires you to be, is to be with Him. So let's worship this morning and get a hold of His presence.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you, and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.